Welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking with student Gracie Hins and her journey from dietetics to a student in integrative health and health coaching and her experience of realities of shift work firsthand. We're going to discover how she applies her passion for nutrition and wellness to the unique lifestyles of those working a non nine to five lifestyle. Well, Gracie, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Today we have with us Gracie Hins, and she is a student learning all about the world of health coaching. So Gracie, why don't you um, introduce yourself and a little bit about your studies and where you're hoping to go in your career? Yeah, so my name is Gracie Hins, and I just graduated this last May with my degree in dietetics from Point Loma Nazarene in San Diego. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I really started thinking about the shift work thing um, after graduating and always had that, that, I really started with the passion for food. And so when I was in high school looking at what I wanted to do, I couldn't really think of anything else that I wanted to study for four years. Um, and so briefly looked at culinary school and then realized that I wanted to be in that health and healing sphere. And so got into the dietetic side. Um, with dietetics, you need to do your, um, you need to do an internship and a master's degree. And so then kind of fell into this program of integrative wellness, looking at more the whole body approach to health and healing. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. And I know from talking to you, you actually, you were telling me that you know, you kind of saw the need for more health information because of your, do your parents own the research facility or the research? I'll let you go ahead and take over from yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the whole second background to my life. So grew up with parents that started their own business in marine and environmental sediment sampling, um, which is just a very odd space of work um, and has so many different parts to it. And then and my mom's side of the family is in the paving industry. And so the two big influences, I would say, in like the work sphere, um, I grew up with like these very atypical people or atypical work schedules around me. And so like that was kind of just the norm. And so like on my mom's side of the family, like we are always, there's a, it's a big family of us. And so my grandparents live on the lake. And so all of our summers, like we'd go down to the lake, like almost every evening. And I'm like hearing about like all of my family members that are just like talking about how they're on this like paving grind. And like in the summers, especially, you're kind of falling into more of that like typical shift work schedule where you're working 12 hours through the night. Um, and so I'm just like, I'm like, as I'm growing up, I'm just hearing like, oh, I'm, you know, like wrecking my body, getting no sleep, but like, this is the only way to do it. And so that was kind of always a little bit on the back burner, but I really didn't start thinking that much about it until I started working for my parents' company. I kind of just fell into that a bit with timing and school and had never really planned on working for them. I would, I call it my like internship phase with them because I had always done like a little bit of work with them and like kind of had like a small idea of what people did. And so their company, I had never thought of it as like a shift work field because it is in that marine and environmental sciences side. And so I think when you hear like, oh, I'm a scientist, you're thinking, oh, like they're in a research lab from like eight to four, nine to five. Um, and my parents side of this of the marine and environmental sediment sampling side is all field work. And so the people that are working for them, you're going out and working on a boat where like for 
probably 10 to 12 hours a day. And so when I first started working for them, the first job I did was actually like the craziest job. And that one we were getting up at, I think we were like on the boat at like 4 a.m. And then we just had to like watch the tides. Like you're waiting, you're looking at tides, you're looking at wind, depending on the work that you're doing. Maybe you're trying to like get like a certain kind of sediment that's flowing in and out of the river or bay at a certain time. And so when it was like 12 to 14 hour days, I was just starting to realize like, oh my gosh, like, if I'm going to keep consistent with this, like I really enjoy the work, but if I'm going to keep consistent with this, like I need to figure out how to get my life rhythms to be able to like match that and like eat the food I need to eat to keep me energized and get like my eight hours of sleep, even if it's really hard to do. So yeah, that was kind of, that was the first job I was on. And then I stuck with it the rest of the summer and then moved back down to San Diego and realized like, hey, I can actually balance this pretty well with school. And I really enjoy the hands-on work. Um, And I also enjoy a bit of that atypical schedule. And so I think like with a lot of people that are in these like odd timed roles and shift work jobs, like it is really fun to not work the nine to five. And the more that I was doing the marine field work, I was just like, you know what, like there are so many people that I'm working with like every day that have absolutely no idea how to balance this. And a lot of the people out on the boats were working with these big engineering companies. And so kind of like hearing these themes over and over again of like, yeah, when I'm doing field work, like I only eat bread on the boat and like, I don't sleep very well. (laughs) And then they just like go home and they're like, yeah, I need like two days to just like crash afterwards. And then, you know, and then like, it's really hard to start working the next week. Um, And so I kind of, yeah, it was just like talking to people, like asking them about it. Like, how do you balance this? Do you enjoy it? And there really just like is a need. Shift work is such a broad base. And there's a lot of people that don't really accept that what they're doing is shift work and they kind of just have that bootstraps mentality of like okay I just have to get through it and like whatever at whatever cost you know yeah and it's really interesting that you kind of recognize that and I love the area where you said you actually like that atypical work because this is the biggest thing that I actually kind of see dealing with shift working professionals is I think when I started I always thought everybody didn't want to be there Like you were on the night shift because you had to be on the night shift. It wasn't because you wanted, but yet more and more people I talked to, they wanted to be there. Like they Mm -hmm. would never want to work day shift. And that's not everybody, but there is a strong area of them that really do want to be there. And they have, like that one guy said, it's just how it is. Like, Mm -hmm. right. I just have bread. It takes me two days to recover. Like, this is the mentality of what we see in shift work when you're on those non-traditional nine to five hours is mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, well, my health is going to suffer, but I get this over here. Exactly. And yeah. it was kind of that mind opening that I was like, well, wait a second, we can be healthy and we mm-hmm. can work these traditional hours. We just have to figure out something that works for them. And, you know, it's funny because you being on the boat, you know, in corporate wellness, when it's lunchtime, we just go out to like the local like eateries, maybe our green food market and stuff like that. But when you're on a boat, there is nothing <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little bit of planning in advance for sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you know, I know some of the guys that work transportation, mm-hmm. you know, they might be able to hit one of their road crews and they might have a vending machine, but a boat doesn't even have that. Like, if yeah. you don't come prepared, you're not eating. 
And that becomes a huge issue. If you're on there for 12, 14 hours, those are, those are long shifts. So yeah, yeah, you, there's a lot of preparation. And then, I mean, I'm assuming on the ships is uh, there's probably really not a fridge, maybe like a little one, but not where you can have everybody put their lunches in. (laughs) No, no, there usually is not. And it's funny because it took me a while to get my like snack bag dialed in because you're also just out there all day. And so if it's like some of the jobs are really hands-on and you're doing like something nonstop all day, but some of the other jobs, just like you're sitting around for a while. And so it's like, you always want to be snacking. And it's like, that's kind of like what's bringing a little bit of joy to your day. Like, Ooh, the sandwich I packed. Um, but then it's also hard because I'm traveling a lot for this work. And so, and so are a lot of other people in the field. And so um, recently I've had a lot of work in New York and it's so hard to then go from like, okay, I'm getting out of the airport. And then I also, I also need to hit the grocery store and I need to think in advance for the rest of the week. And then I need to be able to pack it and, oh, there's not a fridge on the boat. So then, you know, is it going to be cold enough to where my sandwich is still cold? And so it's thinking through all of that stuff as well. And once you get it dialed in, like for me, it can be really fun. Um, And now I kind of just have like a set list of like, okay, like I know I'm going to want a trail mix. I know I'm going to want like three bubbly waters during the day. I know I'm going to want like the cranberry turkey sandwich from Trader Joe's. And so like once you get it dialed in, it's pretty easy, but it definitely takes a bit more brain work to get there. Yeah. And I mean, and you come with a dietetics background. Now imagine somebody that doesn't have any kind of nutritional background. I mean, I know for what I see, it's usually like beef jerky and monsters. Like that's generally (laughs) what goes in their back. Yes. (laughs) You know, so I mean, there's a lot and, you know, I'm really excited about you entering this area for a career because I think it's really, it's so needed. I mean, the workforce that goes on, I'm sure on these boats and within the research in this whole community, I don't know anybody that's dealing yeah. with that for like the workforce wellness piece. Yeah. Because yeah. It's such a, such a unique niche. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know from, you know, just spending some time in Maine and Boston and stuff like that, like those, those fishing communities are really tight. And I'm assuming it's kind of the same with those communities that you're working in with as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're kind of working with the same group of people, no matter where you might be in in the country too. Tell me like one of the two biggest pain points that either you saw on boat or even that you saw growing up from the paving industry. I know you said one of them was, you know, being out in the night and doing the paving jobs kind of just like what you were saying like this acceptance piece of just like my body's going to be wrecked by the end of my life and like one of my uncles is just about to get hip replacement surgery and so hearing him talk about that yeah it's just really hard because then I kind of try to open up those conversations of like okay if you just had like this one little flip like okay if during the summer you prioritized your sleep a little bit more or if you looked at nutrition outside the lens of like a five-week diet to lose a bunch of weight. Looking at the way that they've kind of had that outlook is really hard. And it's hard 
that like I feel like there's been it's been so hard to help them if that makes sense and I just don't feel like I've had the right language to be able to do that but yeah that's kind of I would say that's the biggest pain point and interesting because what you're saying is exactly you know when I walked into my first manufacturing facility and I had a bunch of diesel mechanics they basically told me healthy doesn't work for me like just don't even bother it's not even like it just doesn't work. And mm-hmm. no, it is, it's very difficult to have those conversations because they have accepted this belief. Yeah. Yeah. So deeply that, you know what, I'm going to have health issues. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about, you know, the rates of cardiovascular disease up 40% and diabetes up 60%, they kind of nod their heads and they're like, yeah, I know this. Like it's, yeah. it's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, And it is kind of jarring, especially coming from a corporate wellness background. And I'm sure you with the dietetic end that we're like, oh, yeah, we can change all this. And they're (laughs) like, yeah, but you don't understand this. And it was just kind of understanding that. And you, you said it. You're like, I just don't have the language for it. And that's a lot of it, the language for it. But also I found a lot of times working with these communities there, and you probably see it on the the, the the boats too. There is this grit that they just have. There is no, yes. you know, for a lack of a better term, pussyfooting around. Like totally. it is like yeah. the information has to be clear. It has to be concise and it just has to be frank, you know, yeah. and it's just, and I think- the more and more I work with the different communities, that's the piece that, you know, when other health coaches come in, they're like, oh, we can do our mindfulness. No, Mm-mm. do not no. say mindfulness. Do not say meditation. Like I call uh, meditation the dirty M word. Like you yeah. just do not <laughs> say it in this group of people. Yeah. We can talk about fishing. We can talk about hunting. We can talk about sitting in a tree stand quietly. We cannot talk about meditation. And it's But it's understanding that lingo, right? It's understanding how they feel and empathizing. And, you know, it's something that you're already naturally doing. And then just trying to figure out how do we make those connections? Like, how can we get them to see how much sleep can affect them? And a lot of times that's hard because they really, you know, I was just writing. So I'm working on writing the book, Coaching the Night Shift. Mm -hmm. And in one area, I call it the Claritin effect. It's like, we've Mm -hmm. all seen that Claritin commercial where you're looking at something and it looks like a nice open field and then they rip the filter away and it's so much clearer. That's essentially what sleep is because I hear so often I can sleep when I'm dead and Mm -hmm. four to five hours of sleep is plenty. Yeah, because that's what you're used to. Like you're used to feeling groggy. You're used to feeling sore and cranky and you think that's normal. That's not normal. Like if we can take two weeks and just somehow increase the sleep, even if it's 20 minutes a night, when they look back, they're going to be like, oh, my knee doesn't hurt. Maybe my (laughs) hip's not as sore as it once was because her body's able to heal. But then I also Mm -hmm. often get, and I'm sure you've heard it too, if I sleep too long, I get too tired. Mm -hmm. And of course we do because your body's now trying to fill in a backlog of like 30 years deep. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to feel tired and it's kind of... It's kind of that. And I, I know you're going to be great in this industry because one, you're actually in it now, right? You're working, mm-hmm. you understand, you understand what it's like to have to plan for lunch and not have a refrigerator and not be able to run to Trader Joe's at lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, you are understanding what it's like to work a 12, a 14 hour shift where you may or may not be able to sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's these <laughs> things. Yeah. 
that becomes so blatantly clear. And once we see it, I always joke, I'm like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And then you start realizing how much the disparities when it comes to health and wellness, we really just don't, we don't focus on it. Mm -hmm. You know, you think back to you, you when you were saying with the with the paving company with the sleep. Do you look at any of the sleep advice? Go to bed the same time every night. Mm-hmm. Well, most of them, that's not even like you can't do step one. No one's moving to step two. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a health coach can come in and say, okay, you can't go to bed the same time every night. Don't go to bed the same time every night, but maybe have the same bedtime routine every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And I think it's allowing somebody to come in and translate that information on what that could look like and having somebody that can kind of speak the lingo and understand, you know, the struggles that they go through the paving industry. And, you know, for me, when I started, the biggest thing I started with is I just listened. You know, I think when we start going into these other industries and you're doing it too, just listening, listening to your uncles, listening to your cousins, like what are the struggles? You know, we can't come up with solutions if we don't want to look at the struggles and even the ugly side of it. It, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, because I do believe that so much of this is just this belief that, you know, if you work shifts, you're just not going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a friend of mine, Amber Reed, she, uh, she does first, uh, uh, first responders. So a lot of police officers Mm -hmm. and their life expectancy is on average 20 years less than everybody else. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And it's just, but it's the same thing. They don't sleep. They don't, they're not eating right. And, you know, I know we always make the jokes about cops and donuts but quite frankly most of them aren't even eating because they don't have time or if they're sitting on in the car with you know doing traffic maybe they're just munching the entire time but nothing nutritionally sound i think shift work opens kind of this big reality so what are some of the things that you're excited to start working in shift work like where do you kind of what kind of makes you the most excited about it i really love problem solving and I also love the food and the exercise and putting all of this integrative piece together. And like, I would say naturally, I'm not a routine person. I really enjoy, you know, I kind of, I love the, I love the shift work itself. And then I love kind of being able to create my, like, you know, like wake up and choose like, okay, what am I going to do today? You know, it's always a productive day, but yeah, like, yeah, not, not a super routine person. And so I understand um, like these realities of shift work where you're not working the same hours every day. Um, And yeah, so I think just like kind of puzzle piecing or yeah, puzzle piecing it all together and helping people out with that is really exciting for me. And there's also a bit of like a planning element that goes into that as well. And I, yeah, I just absolutely love all doing all of those things. And then just seeing people around me that maybe, you know, they're like, if they, yeah, just like having that belief of like, okay, like I have this belief that my body can never be healthy. I could never sleep eight hours a night. I could never travel and not have to deal with severe jet lag or, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, okay, just seeing maybe that belief shift that really is exciting to me. And just the general sense of joy. Like I would love to, I think like with some of my family, there is a lot of just like I was saying, negative verbiage around it, where it's like, okay, you obviously enjoy what you're doing, but then you're kind of just like saying it in this very negative light. And so being able to maybe hear a little bit of like a shift in that, I would say those are kind of like my big things. And I will say there was, this is this is pretty funny. The, pe- the one group of people that I've seen so far that I'm like, wow, 
I think they've really dialed this in. We have been subcontracting this boat company out of um, New York. And the group of guys is like a family-owned business. And I think there's four of them, brothers and cousins that kind of own the company. And they're doing similar shift work where, you know, they're just like at the will of whoever is renting their boat. And it was so funny working with them because like food when you're out working is one of the big things that I personally notice. And like most of the time, like the scientists are either not eating or they're only eating bread or it's just not great. And they have this group of Italian guys, like they're in the back of the boat. They have like a full feast. I'm like, they have like their salads. They've got their grapes. They've got their sandwiches. They're talking about their breakfast sandwiches for the next day. And they're just having a great time. And I was like, wow, like they've got this dialed in. And it's like also just a really positive community element too. Um, and so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And it is funny because it's like, you know, they got like their whole little charcuterie board on the back of the boat and in there. Yeah, I know. I was like, they were like, do you want some? And I was like, yeah, I'd love some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's awesome because I, I think you bring this sense of freshness to an industry that a lot of times is stagnant. I mean, we have Mm -hmm. a lot of younger within shift work as a whole, we have a lot of younger generations coming in and they're kind of shaking it up a little bit. Like, you know, what can we do? But yeah, I mean, that negative verbiage is rampant Mm -hmm. through, you know, shift work. And I think sometimes it's, it's this um, survival mechanism Mm -hmm. because they know it's just, it's hard. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, if we say these things, it becomes easier. It it becomes tougher. We see it with nurses a lot of the times. And, you know, nurses are going through a whole mess right now on their own. But, you know, there is the way they talk about it sometimes is I know they love it because they'll tell me they love it. But every word coming out of their mouth is nothing about loving it. I know. Like it's it's (laughs) almost like this. I don't know. I don't even know if it's like, you know, trauma driven form of it. I have I have no idea. But it is interesting that it's 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 rampant within. I mean, my group of diesel mechanics, it was the same thing. But if you told them they had to pick another career, they wouldn't move. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) So it's interesting, but like you said, being able to kind of change that, acknowledge it, you know, how can we, you know, it it reminds me of, and I'm sure you've seen it too, where they have two plants and they speak nice words to one plant and mean words to another plant and how the plant grows. And I often wonder is, you know, how we take these things into our jobs, if that's affecting how we grow, how we heal, how everything else becomes more difficult. However, I will say most of the people that have told me that they can't be healthy, they've always secretly wanted to be healthy. They just Mm -hmm. had no idea how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's probably when you were talking about that rewarding, that's where you're going to feel a lot of reward because there is There's a drastic change we don't see in any other area of wellness that when you have somebody really at the core wanting something, but knowing it's not possible. And then all of a sudden one little change and they're like, Oh, Oh, that feels good. And then it's just like, then they, you know, then they get curious about it more. And it's just, it's kind of interesting, you know? So when on the boats, do they do a lot of nighttime work or is it more daytime or it can vary? varies it's mostly daytime however so 
my parents' company, like I said, it can it's kind of wide and far between. And I will say I was in New York for this job um, at the beginning of December, and it was my dad and I doing it together. And we like got there and we had been doing kind of like a form of water sampling with this other company there. And then this company was interested in it. And they were like, hey, like we want to also do this water sampling. And this one was not on a boat. This was um this we we really had no idea what we were walking into and you know sometimes that happens we thought that we were going to be doing just kind of like a typical water sampling and this wasn't this was also just like a test trial thing too and it turns out that we were actually playing in the sewers like raw sewage sewers of new york sampling their water and they were like they were like yeah so we're only able to do this during storm events and so we were like oh oh okay, cool. Like once again, just like didn't really entirely know what that meant. And so with that one, like if there's a storm event, like there was one storm event that was planned for 2 a.m. And they were like, yep, so we'll see you at 2 a.m. in the sewers of New York. And my dad and I were, I was like, you know, I don't know about that, but like, okay, like if that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I can be in the middle of the night. You Like you, I, in that situation, yeah, it, it's middle of the night. Um, luckily, we were a, luckily that storm event was pushed further into the morning, and so we didn't actually have to be there until seven, which was I was like, thank goodness, thank goodness. There's so many fun. jokes right now for this. <laughs> First of all, I think we needed to call in Mike Rowe on this one for dirty job. Yeah, yeah, no, it was pretty funny, and like we really didn't know what we were walking into, and like. Both my dad and I are very, like, you know, we can roll with the punches. And so initially we thought that we were going to be sampling water that had already been treated, like had already gone through like the wastewater treatment facility. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, okay, like that's totally chill. Like, you know, it's treated water. And then we like roll up to the site and we're both like looking at the sewer and we're like, there's little, little chunks floating through there. I was like, Hey, I was like, hey, dad, like, you're sure this is treated? And he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't think it is anymore. And we just like look at each other, nod, and then, you know, pull out the water sampling equipment and, you know, get it done. So yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh my God, that is, I can tell you that is a story no other health coach has ever had. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Yeah, no. I mean, that's I've been in some wild fun. facilities. Never suing. No. Yeah, it was funny though. I in high school, I was in an environmental science class where we like went and toured a wastewater treatment facility. I was like, wow, I never thought that that information would be, you know, useful and translatable. And I was like, now it's now it is. That's hysterical. I love it. Well, Gracie, I am so glad that we got to talk. I'm sure we'll get to talk again. And I am so excited to see kind of your journey on becoming a health coach and how how much you're going to do within this industry. I'm really kind of excited for it. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome.